What's up, you guys? Britt here. Welcome back to the Young American Podcast. If you listened to last week's episode, we talked a little bit in the very beginning about how we are going to try and make more content a little more consistent for you guys. So we came up with some cool ideas, some fun ways that we can do that, and one of the ways is to not have everybody around the table every week. It helps with scheduling and things like that. You're still going to hear from the five of us, so in the meantime, we are going to be reviewing some movies and some music and also telling some stories as well. But today is a debut episode of Young American Movies, and John and Nathan are going to be reviewing The Social Network. So if you've seen that movie, if you haven't seen that movie, I encourage you guys to watch it. Guess what? Your boy here has not seen it, so I'm going to go ahead and watch it as well. And I'm going to be learning from uh, their tutelage as well. Something else I wanted to note before we get started is we are using some new audio equipment, some recording equipment that we purchased. Nathan is using one of those, and for some reason, he sounds a little lispy in this episode, so sorry to Nathan. But if he says Aaron Sorkin, and it sounds like he's saying Aaron Thorkin, um, <laughs> you'll know why. We'll fix that. Hopefully, it's not too distracting. So thank you guys so much for listening. If you've got something you want us to review, shoot us a text. Reach out to us on the socials. You can email us at youngamericantalk at gmail.com. Without further ado, here's John and Nathan. What's up, you guys? Welcome back to the Young American Podcast. I'm John. I am joined by Mr. Nathan Music. Nathan, how are you? What's up? I'm doing good. Today, we are going to be talking about um, one of our favorite movies. We are going to be talking about The Social Network. Um, This is starring Jesse Eisenberg, Andrew Garfield, um, Army Hammer, pre-eating people, um, and (laughs) Justin Timberlake, (laughs) along with some other people. Uh, this one is directed by uh, David Fincher, who is just pretty much every movie that David Fincher does is like one of my favorites. Um, written by Aaron Sorkin, and it, this is just like just coming out of the gate. Nathan, I don't know where you stand on this. I think this is in my top five all time. Oh, I I know it's in my top three. Three. Wow. I saw this. I saw this movie seven times in theaters. Oh God. And I and I think that only one of those times with was with another human being. Oh wow. Solo. Solo <laughs> movie I experience. Saw movie, I saw this movie at least five times alone in theaters. Probably six. Yeah. This is an unbelievable movie. Um, if you haven't seen it, I would definitely, definitely highly recommend it. If you don't know, um, this is essentially um, the story of Mark Zuckerberg and the founding of Facebook. Um, it is obviously like based on historical events, but I would not say it is like truly historic. Um, if yeah. you go and kind of look on IMDb, they they definitely took some creative liberties and um, you know embellished some things and and stress some things out for the movie. I don't know why. That doesn't bother me at all about this movie. Yeah, doesn't I don't matter. know why. I think it's just because like Facebook still exists. Mark Zuckerberg's still fine. He's out there. Like, and this I'm movie sure he's is not incredible. fond of this movie. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he loves this movie, right. but. Um, like ultimately like the historical accuracy, I mean, all of the things that they say happened, happened in that 
Facebook happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He got sued. Yeah. Like all that stuff happened, right. right? So whether or not he's actually kind of a prick. Yeah. It, I mean, it probably only matters to people that care about him as a person. <laughs> right. It doesn't matter to me. I just think this is the, the characters are excellent. Yeah. So I'm fine with it. This movie, I think just about on every single level is perfect for me. You know, it's how this is shot, the writing of it. The pacing of it is unbelievable. And ultimately, I think the thing that maybe sticks with me the most is the score. Mm. The score of this movie is unbelievable. Uh, I should probably know that. I don't know. I've, I've just like, I've never heard anything like this. And I've certainly never really heard anything like this in a movie. And... When you just add all these things together and throw them into a pot, um, this just comes out as just one of the best movies I've ever seen and absolutely adore this movie. Yeah, same. Um, yeah, the score is Trent Reznor and um, Atticus, right? And mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's one of the three Oscars this movie won. Let's see. But yeah, Atticus Ross, Trent Reznor, Best Achievement in Music Written for Motion Pictures, Original Score, Winner. Also won... Yeah. Best um, Adapted Screenplay, Aaron Sorkin, and it won Best Film Editing. And it was nominated for a whole lot more, including Best Picture, Best Actor, um, then a f- few other below-the-line things. Oh, and David Fincher, mm-hmm. Best Director. And all of that is just, like, you feel those things in this movie. Like, I don't feel like I walk away from a ton of movies thinking about how good the direction was, but the direct but the direction of this movie is unbelievable. And, mm-hmm. and the editing. I mean, because the, the way that this story unfolds um, I I love the 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 time jumps, the the mm-hmm, going back, mm-hmm. the going forward is just mm-hmm. so expertly done, and you're never really thrown off by it. Right. The yeah, editing I, of this it, movie is unbelievable, and yeah. you know, like I, I don't really know if I can walk us through, you know, even on Lilypads, the the story of this movie because it jumps around so much. The nature sure. of the the edit jumps around so much, but essentially this starts, um, you know with a young Mark Zuckerberg in college and he it opens with a scene where he um, is broken up with with this girl and it kind of sends him on this journey to prove himself that's kind of what this whole movie is about is how Mark Zuckerberg is going to prove himself and it starts you know by this weird like blog post and he kind of goes on this rant and he gets in trouble and it kind of just leads to one thing leads to another thing and he is approached by these three guys who are trying to build a website called Harvard Connection. And it is essentially a cheap version of what the Facebook would become. And from that point on, it's about how Mark built this empire that is Facebook and these three guys trying to sue him for, you know, this is our intellectual property. You stole our idea. You stole our concept. And you know, a lot of this movie takes place in these two depositions where he's like getting um, essentially interrogated by prosecutors. And it's just like, I remember the first time I saw it, you know, when I watch a movie for the first time, sometimes it, it, I need a, a one watch and then I need another watch later because I need more time to absorb it. But I remember the first time I saw it just going like, whoa, this like breakneck speed is hard for me to cling on to because it's just going back and forth, back and forth, real time in the past and two different depositions and you're just hop, 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 hop. And the more that I watch this movie, I don't know if you can 
make this movie without doing it that way. Yeah. You know, like it, it is a part, it is a function of how the story is told. Um, and essentially in the end, it's kind of, it leads up to essentially Facebook becoming this huge monster entity that it is today. Um, but yeah, this movie kind of from the jump is just like, we're going a hundred miles an hour and buckle up. Cause here we go. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. They use, they use, it's almost a courtroom drama because hmm. it's, it's all these depositions and um, the way that all that unfolds is just super captivating, but they almost use these court proceedings as a narrator for mm-hmm. for the whole story of this period of Mark Zuckerberg's life, which I think is just so brilliant. Whether it's be like, "Hey, is it true that you said this to your friend Eduardo right. on this night right. at this party?" and then it goes to that party. It's so right. good. Uh, that's I mean, that's just that's just masterful Sorkin. Um, and you're right, right out of the gate, that that opening scene where Mark Zuckerberg and Erica Albright, played by Rooney Mara, are sitting in that bar. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she's breaking up with him, and they're just talking so fast. I remember so hearing fast. or reading that Sorkin had to like record; he had to record the dialogue at the speed he wrote, like at the speed he intended to be mm-hmm. said. Yeah, um, so that they could do it correctly. Because yeah. I think you know when you, I'm sure when you read a script, you're just like, how do I bring as much drama to this as possible? He wrote yeah. that to come out so fast. Yeah, and they're both speaking at like breakneck speeds. Yeah, and it's just so excellent. And just like before you know it, he's pissed off. He's drunk. He's mm-hmm. in his dorm room, and he's mm-hmm. uh, he's comparing uh, girls at Harvard to farm right. animals. And right. then right. you just kind of figure out what kind of person, at least the character of Mark Zuckerberg in this movie, is supposed to be kind of portrayed as. Mm-hmm. And um, and Jesse Eisenberg, man, I, I similarly to Jonah Hill in Moneyball, like you'd seen him in a couple of comedies like he's always yeah. he was like basically like the mike the probably coming to call sheets as the michael Sarah type or right, something right. like he's awkward he, and like nerdy and quiet he's in zombie land he's like he's playing these like kind of awkward nerdy skinny guys and in this movie in the first 30 seconds i was like oh my god he's a movie star like he's yeah. an unbelievable actor yeah and he's I'm, just like razor sharp in this movie so like, sharp he just cuts every time he speaks. He is just cutting and dicing, and it's funny. I'm I am definitely not a subtitles guy. I hate watching movies with subtitles, but I rewatched this recently, and I was kind of watching it um, later, and was like, okay, I got two kids and a wife that need to uh, to sleep, and so I turned the sub subtitles on, and they literally can't keep up. Yeah, in that first scene, they literally cannot keep up. They're like you know, almost like summarizing the things that they're saying <laughs> that you're hearing. I'm just like, that's insane. And it's it's such an interesting, if you go back and, and that scene specifically, but they, he does this throughout the whole movie. It's like Mark will say something and he's like moved forward to point D. And then Erica will um, respond to point A and to B. And then Mark will jump back to A and then go forward to Jay, and then Erica catches like it's just so much hopping around, yeah. And it's so like smart and quippy, but also really snarky. And the whole movie is written that way because Mark is just kind of portrayed as an useful, like you said. He's he's, and it's kind of funny at the end, you know, like one of the closing lines is like, "You're not a bad guy. You're just trying to be." I one. think she says, and, "I think she says you're not an useful yeah. Mark, but you're just trying so hard to be." 
Yeah, and that's just kind of who he is in this whole movie is just this guy that just is cutting, 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 trying to prove himself. It's all kind of from this one moment of being broken up with. This movie is trying a, to prove himself. is a really good example of why I don't watch trailers because I remember mm. seeing a trailer <laughs> for this movie in theaters and it kind of, other than saying directed by David Fincher, it yeah. kind of like... It was sort of a college movie. Like, it was sort of yeah. like portrayed. Like, yeah. I, I remember the tagline is like, you can't get to a million friends without making a few enemies or something. Yeah. And it's yeah. just like, oh, this is going to be like this kind of teen romp or like mm-hmm. or like something, like a dark comedy. And so, like, I kind of went into it and was just blown away by, yeah, just the, the uh, how inspired I felt to create something, but also like mm-hmm. the, the depths of, of humanity and like how, how you feel the tension in these relationships. Um, betrayal, all this stuff. Like it's it's really a, a deep a deep concept, and um, yeah, I mean the way you watch. I mean Andrew Garfield, unbelievable in this movie. So this might good. be the this is the first thing I think I ever saw Andrew in, um, and he just comes out of the gate. He's just so good. Like he's got the pivotal scene in the movie that everyone always quotes, yeah. where he yeah. slams the laptop and and yeah. great gives that great monologue at the end of the movie, but. Um, yeah, I mean, he's just he's he's amazing in this, and kind of. I mean, it's kind of like he peaked early because I, I think he's great, but he, he hasn't really been in anything that is is on par with this, right? Um, right. And it's honestly, same with Jesse Eisenberg. Jesse Eisenberg yeah. has not given a performance like this since. Um, and I mean, some of this is. I mean, they get you know if they get in get in a Tarantino or a Ridley or like I mean, you get the right director, you mm-hmm. get a David mm-hmm. Fincher. He brings yeah. good performances out. He great, brought a great performance out of Justin Timberlake. So yeah, well, it's funny that you mentioned that. Like, I think that Justin in this movie is both perfect and also like kind of annoyingly like going for it too much. Yeah, sure. Like perfect in the sense that like he's snaky, he's real slimy, and he's a douchebag. And you're just like you're not supposed to like this guy. And Justin is playing that perfectly yeah like he is perfectly cocky and arrogant and i know it all and i've done all these amazing things and he's so good at that and there are just other times where i'm just like why is justin timberlake trying so hard in this scene right now and and again like maybe that's just like how it's it's supposed to be written but like even like the first time you see him and he's in the dakota johnson with, oh dakota johnson yeah. yeah and he's like oh my god there's a snake oh, in here that, there's like, a snake why in did here, we, Amy. Yeah. yeah yeah i'm like why did we why did he include that like why did we need to do that yeah but at the same time like he plays that character really really well he does yeah, i always think about that line too actually <laughs> oh my god there's a, there's snake, a snake in here <laughs> but i think i think this is a good he's a good number three or four like i don't think he's I don't think he should ever be the number one on the call sheet. Like, I think the movies that he's the lead are, I mean, you walked out of one, um, out with the end time or out of time, whatever that movie, like, yeah. like yeah. he, he, I think he was very well cast as Sean Parker in this movie because he's, mm-hmm. he's not mm-hmm. hogging the screen and he's never really going to walk on right. the screen and steal the attention. Um, yeah. but I like that it's kind of a celebrity, kind of a famous looking person. Um, Good looking. I mean, he, he, I think he is well cast. I'm sure there are a thousand other people that could have played this part better. Yeah. But I, yeah. I, he doesn't take me out of it as much as you'd think right. a superstar right. like Justin Timberlake would. Right. Yeah. He's not that distracting. Um, 
this movie really, you know, kind of captures so much of what I love about movies, you know, just with the visuals and the writing and music, man. the acting and, and direct, but the music for me is just, I mean, they just come out of the gates with it too, because when he gets back, when Mark gets back to his room and he starts like plugging you- away uh, on this blog, that track that's the first track on the soundtrack is just like go 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 and it's just like it gets gets your heart rate yeah. going and then even like they go straight from that and then like eduardo comes back to the dorm rooms and he's like hey i need that algorithm i need the algorithm for how you did i think it was ranking tennis players or something like that and he's like okay and they start writing it on the wall yeah and then the next montage is or writing Window, it on yeah. windows and then and then the montage is all the people getting a hold of this face smash thing of, of comparing the girls. And even that track is just like this. And it's this like weird like rock digital. I never got into Nine Inch Nails. I was never a Nine Inch Nails guys. But like it just has this like really dark, aggressive digital rock yes. sound that I've just never heard before. And then especially in a movie like this, like... It, it just is the thing that puts the whole movie together for me. Yeah, absolutely agree. I seriously love every scene of this movie. Like, I I, I mean, mm-hmm. the, the my least favorite might be the dorm room scene with Sean Park. But, I mean, like, it could have just been, like, five <laughs> minutes shorter. Um, it's not a terribly long one. But it's also, like, nobody knew that D- Dakota Johnson was going to be at, like, mm-hmm. huge star at that point right. either. She's in the right. first second. Right. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I mean, this movie... Like just every scene I, I get to it, I'm like, oh, I love this scene. Oh, I love this scene. Or like, I just, I don't know what it is about it. I just don't get tired of it. I know my wife does because I make her watch it several times a year. Um, <laughs> but I just, I, I love all the courtroom stuff. I love, um, I mean, yeah. And it's just like when the bottom falls out between him and Eduardo in that moment where you, you realize oh that Eduardo's suing him too. Like your best friend's yeah. suing you for a hundred yeah. million dollars, yeah, sixty-eight, whatever yeah. million dollars. And, um, you're just like, oh, like here we go, and there's like this whole other half of the movie mm-hmm. begins. Um, it's just, mm-hmm. it's just so expertly told, and you know, it's it's funny because it's probably like on the upbeat side of Fincher's movies. Like it's not, there's no like <laughs> right. gruesome right. gruesome scene or anything like that. Like, <laughs> right next to like Benjamin Button is like yeah. the most, uh, most uplifting David yeah. Fincher movie. Um, if there's a movie that I, like, find out, whether it's, like, reading or hearing, um, like, any sort of, like, behind-the-scenes, like, factoids or, like, inspiration by, like, how things were done, it, it all of a sudden, like, how I understand how the movie is made or how things are shot or how things are achieved, like, the understanding of it makes me start to enjoy it a lot more, and this is certainly mm. one of them, and I... I had never watched any of the um, kind of like extra features. I was watching um, this like little fifteen minute snippet um, with Trent Reznor and um, Atticus Ross, and they're talking about you know, hey, here's this like lab that we work in, and here's like you know these instruments that we used, and then of course like the the real lead song on the score is this hand this song called Hand Covers Bruise, and it's this like droning like string sound and these really like deep guttural like like droning tones and then you have this like really light piano score over top of it and it's so capturing 
and it's so delicate at the same time. And it was really interesting to hear them talk about it because the first time we hear it, they talk about how they um, they recorded the piano sounds. It's like this upright piano, and they just like wanted it to feel really delicate and soft and intimate. So they recorded it, and they had the mic really close. The next time you hear it is during the depositions, and they purposefully move the mic further away. So it just feels like you're kind of getting further away from this concept, this like innocence hmm. of like, this is where this idea was birthed out of, but there's this like underlying tension and this thing that's brewing and Mark. And then the last time we hear that track is in the scene that honestly might be one of my favorite scenes in all the movies when Eduardo finds out at the 1 million members party that he I has been it. cut out of Facebook. I'm he, sorry. Yeah. I'm my, proud of my, the cleaner. Along with my hoodie and my you flip-flops. Like, it's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. And that's maybe, like, the last time we really, really hear the score prominent. And go back and watch it. They move the mic, like, completely across the room. And so wow. that piano line is, like, really muffled. And it's very, like, like echoey. And it's just, like, this this innocence that you had, this idea of, of Facebook that was so pure at the beginning is now a distant memory. And I was like, oh my God, like to hear Atticus talk about it like that and, and Fincher talk about it like that. I was just like, the the level of, and it kind of just goes back to I think why I love this movie and I think you do too, is like there's so much intentionality in this movie. Like yep. everything is so purposefully done and purposefully crafted this way. And it just like oozes that. Like, this movie just doesn't feel like it misses anywhere. There's no, like, oh, I could have done without that. Or, like, this is, like, uh, the time to go to the bathroom. Or this is, like, I could have done without. Like, everything just feels very, very intentionally put in this place because I'm creating a masterpiece here. I mean, even the scenes were, like, I mean, Army Hammer, I mean, <laughs> problematic human being. <laughs> right. Um, is in here twice. He plays two, he plays twin brothers. But the way that I mean, I'm sure some of the it's some of the Benjamin Button kind of technology there, mm -hmm, where mm -hmm. where I actually didn't. I mean, he wasn't a household name at that point in any way, but I did not know that I was played by one person for probably a a year or two. Yeah, is one of those things. Like, yeah, I'm watching like the DVD extras or whatever. I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, that is one person playing two parts. Like, and that's not really a testament to his performance as much as just the the expert directing mm -hmm, and the expert mm -hmm. editing. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, just so well done. He could have probably found some twins. Yeah. Um, but they also have to look like rowers, which right. Army Hammer absolutely does in this movie. And I love the rowing scenes. I love those scenes. It shows them like rowing in the, in the tank or whatever. And then it shows them eating that breakfast. Mm -hmm. Like they're just like housing those <laughs> yeah. like waffles and pink, like yeah. an egg. <laughs> He's got like the towel around his neck underneath yes, the hoodie. And they're just like eating that breakfast with their friend when they find out they're being sued. And like, I yeah. feel like it just, yeah, there's just, there's some scenes like that or a, uh, it makes you want to. It makes you want to work out. It makes you want to go go into gym and row, but then it makes you want to eat like a huge meal like that. And, and what does he say? He's like, yeah, we started with like a three hour technical row, and then we had to do study, and then classes, yeah. and then another technical row. Like, what's a technical well, row? Yeah. It also makes you want to like go to college, like, <laughs> right? Like full course load, and then another another forty five minutes in the tank, right? Um, yeah, all of that's just it's just it's the dialogue is just. Oh, man, the yeah. best of the best. Yeah, and it's really um, a shame. Like, I think Army is actually really, really good in this movie. Like, yeah, he he's good. unbelievable. And it's just like, yep. man, it's a real bummer that probably he's not going to see him in much of stuff anymore. 
<laughs> he's selling <laughs> condos in the Caribbean or something right now. I think he literally is. He's selling timeshares yeah. or something, I think, is the last thing I read. So last like little kind of funny thing about this. So a couple years ago, me and Natalie um, went to Switzerland and we it was our first day there and when we landed Natalie just like wasn't feeling great so we got back to our um, Airbnb it's you know probably 10 o'clock at night and we're in this um, city called Lucerne and she's just like hey I'm really not feeling good would you mind like going out and like trying to find me like some Tums or like maybe find me something to eat and I was like yeah sure I leave our Airbnb and I'm walking in this city that I have never been in before and it is (laughs) gorgeous it's just like cobblestone streets and like street lamps like real fire street lamps and there's like this veranda through the like it, it's like one of the most beautiful places i've ever seen and i was walking at night and i was listening to this soundtrack but specifically i was listening to this hand covers brews song and i was like this is so cool like i am alone in this city i don't know where i am and i don't know anyone and I'm listening to this, like, one of the most beautiful songs. And it was such a cool moment. And it quickly turned into terror. Because <laughs> I, like, had this thought of just, like, this is kind of scary if you think about it. And I looked over my shoulder. And, Nathan, like, my body, like, I felt like my soul left my body. Because, like, about 20 to 30 feet behind me was a seven-foot-tall shadowy figure. And I was just like, holy shit! Like, I was so terrified (laughs) that, like, I literally just kind of, like, turned off my music and just, like, started moving fast. I was like, there was just some dude, a monster, who was going to kill me. And I I literally probably ran, like, 15 to 20 feet, and I stopped, and I turned around, and I realized that every person's house, at least on this street, had, like, a stone figure in their front yard. (laughs) It was just, like, part of their, like decor it was just like these stone figures and i just thought that there was like someone there to kill me and uh that song unfortunately is like so beautiful at the same time was like part of one of the scariest moments of my entire life (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing yeah it's interesting you said that though because i think that's you know whether whether this is what happened to mark zuckerberg or not uh, i mean he he resolved all of these all of these uh i guess court proceedings Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. he settled out of court for all these things and and ended up paying these people millions and millions mm-hmm. of dollars mm-hmm. and then making billions himself. But, yeah. um, and, and it even says, I think Eduardo, Andrew Garfield's character, like is, is also a billionaire from yeah. all this. So he, yeah. he did right by his friend, but you know, it kind of ends with he's created the ultimate social media platform. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is, it is what you think of when you think of social media and he's completely alone. Like it ends yeah. with him just waiting, waiting for, he like sends a friend request to the girl that broke up with him yeah. in the beginning. Yeah. And he just, he just keeps refreshing to see if she accepted it. Yeah. Cause he's all alone. Yeah. Um, so I think the, the score does a great job of making you feel some of those feelings mm-hmm. of, man, he has so much money. He's created the ultimate social media platform and he is completely alone. Yeah. So for me, I don't, I definitely don't think this movie's underrated. Yeah, but I don't. I don't think it's overrated. But I think. I think if it's not overrated, it is underrated, hmm. right? Like I think. No, I don't know. I. I just don't know if anyone's talking about this movie when they think of David Fincher. They're thinking of Seven, and they're thinking of yeah, and rightfully so. And they're thinking of Fight Club and yeah. um, Girls with Dragon Tattoo, even. And yeah. and I'm like, no, like you don't understand. Like I. I think this is his best movie, 
And I think this is one of the best movies of the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's a five star mm-hmm. out of five. Yeah, I agree. Um, and and I just, I I wish there were more movies that, I mean, movies have tried to do this since. This is 2010. Yeah. yeah. But I think that this movie just did everything it's supposed to do perfectly. Yeah. What about you? Um, yeah, I would definitely agree. This is a five. Um, I do think it is in my top five of all time. Yeah, the under overrated thing I think is is an interesting conversation because I don't think it's an underrated movie by any means, but I don't really feel like I hear a lot of people talk about this movie. I just don't feel like this is a movie that has like the zeitgeist around it of people going like, wow, that's like one of my favorite movies of all time. And now again, that could just be like some of the circles that I run in, but yep. it it feels like a movie that people could very easily pass over and not really care about because so much of our movie watching experience right now, especially right now, and I'm not, this wasn't necessarily true when this movie came out, but it's big IP. It's the superhero stuff, which is, you know, kind of starting to die down, but it's like these big, big entities that are known and, I feel like this is kind of a movie where it doesn't necessarily have like a A-list superstar. It doesn't <laughs> have like a sexy, cool like dynamic of, you know, a romantic kind of a thing. And it's not exactly the most like captivating. This almost feels like a better like a documentary topic, like the founding of Facebook. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I don't feel like it necessarily holds the weight that it should. And so then maybe technically, yeah, it is underrated. Uh, underrated. But um, yeah, this this movie I think will just kind of go down for me as like, it will kind of be a true north for like this is what it means to shoot the shit out of a movie. This is what it means to have unbelievable actors. This is what it means to have an unbelievable director and a score yep. that just takes you to a whole new place. And this is just a, an unbelievable example of everything is hidden in this movie. You're just going full steam ahead, all systems go, and it, it will forever be one of my favorite movies. It's also it's also peak Aaron Sorkin. Um I know that not not every movie watcher, movie lover cares about screenplay, but like this is a different movie in mm-hmm. the hands of somebody else. I mean yeah. this is a this is a top three screenwriters of all time mm-hmm. writing writing an unbelievable script. Yeah. Um, based on a chapter of a book, right? It's it's not even based on a book. It's based on mm. like essentially like the there's there's like an anthology book, yeah, of, like called like the unlike unlikely millionaires or something, yeah, yeah. And he he and there's a chapter on Mark Zuckerberg and Christmas, and he write he writes this screenplay. Crazy, yeah, excellent. If you haven't seen it, run, don't walk. I think that there's something for everyone in this one, and and um, yeah, I I love watching this movie with people who haven't watched it, and. It is a very, very easy movie for me just to throw on at mm. any time, mm-hmm. no matter what mood I'm in. Yeah. So. Awesome. Well, that was The Social Network. This is John. I'm Nathan. Love you. Thanks for joining us. We'll catch you on the next one. See you later. <laughs>